Hello, everyone. This is W, host of the High Art on the Edge page. Welcome to another episode of Surprise Cast. We're here to educate and entertain you for the next hour. Today, we'll be heading over to Michigan and Switzerland. Why? Because we're taking a deep dive into the pool of heavenly dream pop, indie pop sounds. The Blue Herons, Andy Josie and Gretchen DeVault, are here to join me in a special episode. They are the masters of designing catchy as hell tunes that will lift your spirits. Did you know they just released a brand new single called Talking to Ghosts, which we'll talk about shortly. Let's welcome Andy and Gretchen. Gretchen, how are you? Good. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thank you for participating. This is our third conversation, which I'm super excited. Andy Josie, how are you? I'm fine, thanks. Gretchen, can you let us know where you're tuning in from? I am in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And I think I was here the last on our last go-round, but just moved back to the Midwest, to the darkness. So, yes. From Los Angeles. From Los Angeles, from all things sun, except for the last few days, I think. Yeah. Andy, where are you? Located from Lucerne, Switzerland. So and how's the weather in Switzerland? Sorry? How's the weather in Switzerland? Shit. At the moment, <laughs> very foggy. <laughs> you know, we, we live very close to Mount Pilatus. So there are times where uh, the, the fog is really, how do you say, the stocking in front of the mountain. And then it's very foggy. Got it. Well... You're not alone in that shite weather because we just got hit hard here in the Bay Area. But we're not here to talk about the weather so much. I want to know a little bit more about you as musicians, but also people. So let's get started. Gretchen, I'm going to start with you. I was doing a little bit of homework and I looked up the origin meaning of Devault. And this is what I came across. Devault means ambitious, powerful, disciplined. Would you say these are accurate attributes as who you are as a person and or musician? And how so? I mean, I do think that they are, although it's a married name, so I don't know if that counts. It's not my actual, like, (laughs) so, but I would say that what were the attributes? Was ambitious? I think that's probably true. Discipline. I, yes, and no. <laughs> and powerful. And Andy Josie came up with creative, romantic, idealistic. Any of those true for you? All three, I guess. But where did you find that? <laughs> I never heard about that. <laughs> how would you say any of those apply to you in either your work or as a person yeah being creative or idealistic or romantic how do those how do any of these adjectives show up in your work or who you are as a person well i guess somehow our music is kind of romantic even if it's also because of the lyrics from gretchen like a melancholic romantic thing but it's it's never it's never depressive or something it's always 
something to lift lift you up. But uh, I think I think our music is kind of romantic. Gretchen, let's go back in time a little bit. Let's delve into your childhood. Tell me about a childhood experience, positive or negative, that is deeply memorable and that affects you today. Well, I have one that I could share that I think it ties into the music thing. I do remember as a little one, I don't even know how old I was, but I remember my parents and they were divorced when I was by the time I was five. So this had to be right like before that. But I remember them jamming with the neighbors across the street, which I thought was the coolest thing. I mean, I don't think it had, maybe it didn't have, it didn't happen often, I don't think, but I remember it just being like a really cool, joyful experience. They were just, I mean, it was the 70s. So it's probably crazy. I mean, I don't know my memories of it are very different than what it really was, but. I just remember it being really cool. And the neighbors had kids too. So like as a kid, just hearing music and I don't know. And that's probably actually true. Like that's sort of how life is even here because that's what happens with our kids. Like we're jamming and actually now they're jamming too. So like it's sort of interesting. But I love that. I always and I always wanted that to be recreated, too, because I liked I just liked the feeling of it. Did you have that experience while living in Los Angeles? Not as not as much. But some of that was there was a big chunk of covid time in there. So and like the first part of when we were in L.A., we were in a pretty small space. Like our house was really small, so there wasn't really opportunity to jam. But we, cer- I certainly did jam, and even Zane, my husband, jammed in California. Just less so. It's more. I think it's. It feels like it's easier here to have that happen. There's more space in the house. There was more. It doesn't take as long to drive across town. <laughs> so there's like. There's that great quote in the movie Clueless where he says it takes 20 minutes to get anywhere in Los Angeles. 20 minutes? <laughs> that was in 1995. <laughs> like 20 minutes is a great. That's great. Holy smoke. <laughs> what about for you, Andy? Talk to us about a childhood experience, that very memorable, indelible experience that kind of affects you, who you are today. Well, Certainly, the most defining aspect uh, is that I was that I was born with how does that birth disease? Is that is that a word? <laughs> I think so. I have no stomach closure. You know, there's something here that the food can go down and it holds, and I didn't have that. So it go down, then starts to <laughs> get liquid, and it just comes up again. Because it's it's open, so I think this is most defining for me. Because that that was just a part of my childhood, you know, a lot of sickness, a lot of time in hospital. So I guess this is maybe the most defining thing. If you don't mind me asking, how does that impact you today? It's almost good. You know, there there are I have some problems, but I I don't know the English words for uh, it's like a technical thing. But basically, it's it's quite good. 
but they opened my my stomach when I was a, a baby after after I was born two months later they opened me from here to here and uh, tried to repair that <laughs> but it was something new that you can do that in in that time that was 1971 thank you for sharing that very personal thing about I no idea so that's fascinating okay so Gretchen where did you grow up I grew up in a small town in Michigan like just kind of farm town ish so talk to talk to us about the relationship you had with your parents siblings relatives and who made a big impact on your life and why I don't know if I have a specific who, but I will say, because I'm going to tie it back to music again. If I think of family and growing up, music is a a big part of that. I had on my dad's side, my grandpa played in bands. His mom was a pianist. And at my grandparents' house, they had a big piano and I would just go and I would spend like all the time on that piano, just making up songs. When I was little, I loved doing that, just sitting at the piano and just, I wasn't trained. I did take lessons from my great grandma. And then, but she was very much the old piano teacher. And I didn't like it. It wasn't very fun. And so I didn't take them very long, but all my cousins did. And I always like I would try to learn whatever songs that they were playing. I would try to learn them by watching them because I always admired how they knew all the songs. And I thought it was cool they could read music, but I couldn't. And then we had a piano at our house, too. So we always had instruments around. So music was all sort of like weaved through, especially on my dad's side of the family. But then my mom also was a musician. So she plays flute. I feel like she played the tuba for a while. Like she plays guitar, she plays piano. And so she would play music too. Like I can remember being in the playroom and her just playing on the piano. Like it just, so music was always sort of around or like we'd go to weddings and my grandpa's band would play at the weddings and which was kind of cool. So music was just sort of like a thread in really on both sides. And that's something you incorporate into your own household today. Yes. We like one of the things I wanted to make sure was that we had instruments that were accessible to the kids. Even if they have formal training on stuff, I like that they just get to play too and try to figure it out. I don't think there's different ways of learning. And I don't know, I sometimes not knowing this stuff helps. Like you just learn on your own. Like I haven't, in our little basement studio area, I have a giant poster of chords, piano chords. And my daughter is starting to like, because I was explaining, if you can just know chords, you can write songs. And so she's already been trying to experiment with that, which I think is cool. Just having things that are available if you so choose. So, yeah. I love that option. It almost sounds like a, a, cl- a great classroom experience for your children. Yes, but better that this stuff is there than me teaching it. I'm not very good at actually teaching any of it. I have no patience. I'm not good at explaining it, but I'm good at creating spots where you can play with instruments. That's about 
Fantastic. What about you, Andy? How about you growing up? Brothers, sisters, anybody have a big significant impact on your life? Well, we grew up in the city of Lucerne, but a little bit suburb, suburbish, if that's a word. Very small flat. So I shared my, a room with my brother till I was 15, which is hard. It's a little bit pain in the ass. But we have a lovely garden. That was just amazing because most of the time you was outside and the forest is very close. You have to walk like seven minutes and you are in a big forest. We were always outside. I can't remember that someone really has that big impact in me. But music, musically, my, my mother, was her job was selling records when she was younger. So she was working in a record store, which is a good thing. Her taste wasn't that good. That's a bad thing. So she, she, she did not really a lot of good, good music, but some cool stuff like the country music from the movie Big Country, which Western music. And I loved that when I was, when I was younger, like the searches, needles and pins were, and some, some jazzy stuff, but not really a lot of good music. It's uh, the Beatles. Gretchen, can you describe your first professional band? How have you grown as a musician since that experience? I want you to tell us about the growing pains that came along with it, but were very helpful for growth and development. So my first professional band would have been Hansel and Gretel in college with my friend Jeremy Spanos. And I, it was interesting because I had not really played, I hadn't played in a band before. I took a voice lesson in college or a voice class in college and a guitar class in college. And I was terrible at guitar. Like that poor classical teacher, I swear he just passed me because he felt bad, but it was really bad. I mean, it's like just trying to change chords and it was intimidating, but I really wanted to learn because I wanted to write songs, I think, more than anything. And so I learned, I, I feel like I had a dream that I could play, like I could switch chords and then I woke up and I could, what well, still wasn't good. But Jeremy was one that showed me like some, like showed me Jane's Addiction or just some really simple songs that I could play. And I was like, okay. And then I don't remember exactly. I kind of remember being in a coffee house and that that sort of is where the band sort of happened or like he and I decided to do a band. I don't really know, but it was like how bands happened, especially in the nineties where I was like, let's do a band. And Jeremy's an awesome guitarist. And so never played in a band, never did anything like that. And then we played. So we were all part of a radio a student-run radio station at Grand Valley State University, and we had this concert every year called Rites of Spring, which, in fact, we we even had spiritualized one year. We got spiritualized. <laughs> yes, yes, that really happened. It was crazy. Anyway, we I don't I don't remember if it was it might have been the year of spiritualized. I don't really remember, but we that was our first show. I'd never performed in front of people. And I just, 
I just went out and I did it somehow. And I still think it's crazy. I did it. It was fun. And I loved writing music. I loved working with Jeremy. And there's a bass player and a drummer. It was definitely like all growing pains with bands where you're just trying to figure out, especially when you're in college and you don't really know. I don't know. I don't I don't honestly remember all the growing pains other than, you know, just eventually it changes. And I think I left. I know I left the band, but I don't really remember the details of it or anything, but. It was such a cool experience. We played out a ton just working on writing songs, working on, you know, really creating a show. And I don't I don't know. I learned so much, honestly, from Jeremy. Like he he knew what he was doing. He had done band before, too. So I I think I learned the most from him, like during that time period. That was huge, really, for, you know the whole band thing and I loved it and wanted to keep doing band stuff. So yeah. That sounds like a very enriching experience. What about for you, Andy? Can you talk to us about your first professional band experience? Well, I never had a band before that. (laughs) I tried to play guitar when I was about 18. Then we had a band in a cellar always play the same song but i really i was not talented at all so i stopped it and i more go in direction the beer than the band uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I think it was about 13 years ago when i really started with music again i ju- then i just find out wait it's possible to do your own music, you know, with the te- new te- technology, everybody can learn that. And that was the first time I tried to do a song. So I didn't know that I can write music. Well, write is maybe a bit a big word <laughs> that I can play music. It's a song in the end. And as far as growing pains, obviously you've You've grown as an artist, but I'd actually like to know, since 13 years ago, where do you feel like you've gained the most improvement as a musician? Oh, that was definitely the time when I met Chrissy, because it was like a little bit more pressure. I have to do a song that works with a vocal, with a voice. So I need to make space. I need to make structures. Yeah, I think that was the moment when I improved the most. Also, I mean, also when I joined, Gretchen joined me with the Blue Herons, because it's just another, the way I work is the same, but I just have to, to make space and try to do more like a song than just like a 10 minutes emotional noise thing. You know, with, with Blue Herons, my, my wish was to play jangle pop. But before, my playing was that bad that I really I can't play that. I can't play arpeggios. So I have to learn that. When I met Gretchen, then it's, it's like the perfect voice for this music. And I even try harder to learn this arpeggio thing. But it's, it's hard for me 
to play these things. If you would say, play a whole song, it's, I don't know how it works, <laughs> you know, because I never go on a stage or something. I just play for, for myself. I never have to, to play a whole song. It's just like parts. Fascinating. I love it. Gretchen, tell our listener what the Blue Herons are all about. What are their goals? What's the vision in you two collaborating together? I mean, I think the the big vision is making music that that we love, that like jangle pop from our hearts, really. I, I don't know if there's like, it's not like a business goal to it. It's just like music. I think because it's music we love and that's probably the the goal and vision wouldn't you I'm I would also defer to Andy a bit on this but that would be my my thought before we have Andy answer that can you tell our listener how would you define jangle pop I would say yeah catchy guitars like layers of guitars yeah sort of earworm like mixture between dream pop and I mean, it is sort of dream pop, but just ear, earwormy dream pop. I'm not sure. Yeah. Just jangle, lots of jangly, beautiful guitars. Are there artists that you kind of aspire to or influenced this jangle pop sound? Oh, man. I mean, there's, of course, there's tons, but now I'm on the spot. <laughs> Andy's better at this. Andy, let's let's hand you that ball, huh? So what's the vision behind the Blue Herons? And tell us a little bit more about this jangle pop genre sound. Yeah, I think Gretchen said exactly how it is. It's music we have to love. Uh, that's the main thing. And that we have fun. You know, there, there's no... It's we are. I don't think we have ambition, really ambition to to be a big band. It's it's just the love uh, to make music, and I'm happy we can do that together. I I don't have plans with it, you know. I would I would just like continue doing good music, try not to repeat myself too much, and improve improve the playing, improve engineering the music. Now that's a big thing, and about the. Jangle pop, I think arpeggios is a big thing for for jangle pop. So to play, yes, exactly. Peter Buck, that's definitely a big thing. As for influence, the whole Sarah Records area is for sure influence. For me especially, it's the Railway Children. As I just just love, I love the sound. And I love the sound of a Rickenbacker guitar. So that's what I always wanted. But it was a it was a hard way to go there. <laughs> well, I think both of you are achieving that quite nicely. And so, Gretchen, did Andy find you or did you find Andy? No, Andy found me. I don't really know how, but I think just from all the like mutual people in the music world out there but yeah he reached out via facebook so so he reaches out to you and says what he says i'm he asked if i wanted to do 
like if I'd want to do like a song, I think just the song at the time is all he had asked. And then Chrissy actually reached out as well and was like, he's legit, which I appreciated. You don't know, like it's weird on the internets here, you know, you don't know who's in your inbox or whatever the kids call it these days. <laughs> but then he sent me some of the stuff because I actually I had heard Churchill Garden. That's how. So I already sort of knew because there was a song. I always forget the name because I'm really bad at names and remembering. But it was the one that was during like the beginning of COVID. And I remember listening to because at the beginning of COVID, I would go outside. I was gardening a bunch and I was like spending a ton of time in my backyard. And I would always listen to different radio shows like on Mixcloud, all these different indie shows. And I just remember Church Hill Garden coming on on multiple of the shows. And I just always got like a lot of peace from that song. And so I had already known about Church Hill Garden. So I did know that he was obviously legit. And then Chrissy messaged and just said, what a wonderful human being he is, which is so true. And so then is really quite an honor. So then he sent songs and it was like, holy smokes, these are amazing. So it was very easy to say yes. Just for our listener, we're talking about Chrissy Vanderwood. Yes. So Andy, you reach out to Gretchen and obviously you hear this lovely, ethereal, beautiful voice that she provides. Can you tell the listener how you two work together being so far apart from one another. What's the process of the Blue Herons? Well, basically, at the moment, I do the songs. I just record every idea I have, I record it, and I send it to Gretchen so she can listen and uh, just decide if there is a song she likes. So I don't have like something in my head where I say, can you work on that special song? Because I always think, listen, if you like some something, then we can work on it. Because if you like it, I'm sure then it will be good in the end. And I just send, send her MP3s and she sings over it. So for me, it's very interesting to see what comes from her side. Because it could turn the song like in another direction. Or like when I maybe... I thought the, the chorus is that part and this is the, the verse and maybe it changed, you know. So that, that's very interesting. Um, and I, I don't say to her, sing it like this melody or that. So it's all her. So far, I always loved it. <laughs> so I'll never say something, don't do it like that. Or I think it's just great. It feels, it feels a little bit more like playing as a band, because they're like two, two influence. Is that is that right? Coming together on, um, I think I think that's the whole magic. I just do songs. I overload overload it always. You know, I know I should hold my horses. I think, <laughs> but I just play so many guitars over each other. Because I just think, oh, I have a more one more idea. When Gretchen sent me back the vocals, I have to reduce. I have to make space for her. And you alluded to that earlier, and I really appreciate that thread right there. 
So, Gretchen, the song Echoes in the Dust, which was released last year, one of my favorite singles of the year. I mean, listened to it many, many times over. And then, surprise, you came about with this new song, Talking to Ghosts. Can you tell us the stages that went through and what any struggles that came about with that song, with the vocals? What were you aiming for? So interestingly, Talking to Ghosts was, that was recorded quite a while ago. So that's like some of the magic, I think, because like, well, well, first I want to backtrack a little bit, like, because Andy sends these really cool songs that he thinks are overloaded, but I'm like, they're amazing. So they don't sound overloaded. I'm like, and then he redoes a lot of the work because like he has new ideas or whatever. And it always, it sounds brilliant really in the beginning when I get what is the, would be maybe the demo or the ideas, but then it sounds it still sounds really cool. Like it sounds like it could just be like just the the music could be released, whatever he sends from the beginning. And then it, but it always ends up turning out even cooler. So it's a, it's a cool process. And I do want to mention too, like, I love that it's so open. Like, I think that's what's kind of fun about the whole thing is like, there isn't, it's just like intuition, like letting the song kind of happen on its own. Like Andy said, he doesn't say, hey, this is what I'm thinking for this. It's just, here's here's the song. And then I go into it just like, and let whatever come out, come out. But that, the newest single was one from actually pretty early on, I think. It's one of our early ones. So it's interesting, like from the vocals perspective, I feel like I've, improved stuff but that one still sounds really great like i love it so it it's fun actually to go back because i think sometimes the songs come back when they're supposed to because that one i'd almost forgotten about it was like oh oh yeah we have that song when andy started reworking on it and it's like it's like it's just meant to happen now or whatever so so there wasn't that one was probably an easy early one that just happened super organically but then it takes time and then it like there's new magic that gets added to it like because i think even production wise like andy's like learned tons too and has new things he does and i mean it sounded good in the beginning but it sounds pretty awesome now too so so what you're alluding to is the, he sprinkled the the Josie magic. Yes. That yes. he often does. <laughs> you have to copyright that, trademark that term. So what I'd love to do right now for our listeners is to take a good listen to Talking to Ghosts for a little bit. And then, Andy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a question for you.
what a great, terrific indie pop, jangle pop song. So Andy, Gretchen alluded to earlier that that song had been finished a while ago. Tell me, what do you feel worked well with this song? What did you really try to chase after? Well, in the beginning, as she told us before, uh, it's an older song. And my recording and my arpeggios wasn't good that time. So the timing was not good. Um, also, how I used too much reverb. I even you still use too much reverb for Jangle Pop. But, <laughs> but uh, I just tried to improve that. So I really did a lot of re-recording. And maybe that was the hardest part to find out what did I play? I'll have to listen carefully. I think that was the hardest part of it. Just make it more jangly, more clear, even more poppy. So I think on the most song we work at the moment, I try to reduce a little bit the dream pop thing and just let it uh, come out in the end of the song. Uh, you know, I like big endings. I like to make it a little bit bigger in the end. So I think that that was the challenge of the song, to re-record everything and find out what I what I play in the beginning. Because it, it is really, that's an old, that was an old idea. Gretchen, what do you love about working with Andy? What does he bring out in you? lots of things like he it's super cool because like this the music is absolutely beautiful so it feels pretty easy to work on these songs because they're so cool like even when he's talking about that song being like that it was a somehow a mess or whatever the the timing was off i never heard any of that it sounded really lovely <laughs> even even the stuff that he says is like a mess is never it's never a mess. It's really good. And so like it's a it's really cool to get to work on songs like this that just in such a free flowing way too, to just like make it whatever it's supposed to be. But yeah, I mean, Andy is a brilliant guitarist. He's really good also at like the arrangement of songs, things I wouldn't think of at all. It's really cool. Like lots of spaces and lots of builds and so it's it's really cool so all the things really andy i'm going to serve that same question to you what do you love about working with gretchen oh i just have to have i don't have to care because i know in the end i will love it and also she never say could could you change something or we we really like to I don't know the word, like, we are a band, but we don't see us very often, even we don't chat very often, we send our songs, and everybody work on his part, and in the end, we're happy to have a song. So it's it's very, it's very easy, <laughs> you know, it's really just, oh, lovely, in the end, we have a song, I don't have to care, can you do that, or can you need this, it's just, obviously... It sounds so lovely. I think it fits perfect to the music. Looking at your album covers, we've talked about this before, your 
phenomenal vision for these album covers. How does that work? Does do you hear Gretchen's voice, hear the lyrics, and then create, or do you create the image first? Walk us through that process, Andy. Mostly, I create them in the end before we we release them, and I always try to to fit a little bit to the to the music to the vocals. Sometimes it's I think the word is literally, so that I really there is a word and I try to make a picture with that, like talking to ghosts. I, I was thinking. How? Sh- what should I do with talking to ghosts? And I just have this idea of a woman basically talk to a ghost. But I think the most people don't see it when you when you watch the cover and you see this the girl from behind and she there's a window and in the window you see a hand. So mostly in the songs there are small details where where you can find it's like i just found out i think it's it's funny if there is always a cat on the cover like the newer ones if you look have a close look on on talking to ghosts you will see there's a cat too she's under the stairs so it it things like that i really like and i remember in the beginning i had a little bit problem to do covers for the blue hairs i thought it's more easy with the Churchill Garden, because it's the dreamy, floaty, colorful sound. You just can do effects. Um, with Blue Herons, it's more, it's maybe a little bit more connected to the lyrics. It's a bit different. And I also stay with one font. So with the Churchill Garden, I always change the fonts. And the Blue Herons, I always use the same font. Gretchen. You and I are kind of, our eyes are getting big. We just know the creativity that flows out of Andy. Did you know about this cat? (laughs) I did know about the cat because he pointed it out. So, but, and I do love that. So yeah, the album art is always beautiful. Always beautiful. Okay. So this is a question, Gretchen, that bands, artists are grappling with every day. And that is, how do you stay connected to your fans? So I want to know from you, how do you stay connected to the people that appreciate your music? And how do you know if you're really connecting to them? Isn't that the million dollar question? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I feel like social media is probably the easiest, but also most difficult way. And I could go on and on about the the issues with, say, Facebook and the algorithms and all that stuff. So it's hard because you don't own any of that. So you can't connect in the way that I think would be. It would be a space that seems like a good place to connect. But it's hard because, you know, you want to like I want to appreciate that people listen to the music and be able to thank people for listening to the music and thank thank people for playing the music too because like it's a really like huge honor every like radio show every podcast that plays it is like a big honor and like sometimes 
it's hard to even see some of those come through. Like you don't get the notifications or whatever, but I mean, I just, I'm always grateful and want to thank people for like listening. That's a really big deal. So, but I don't know how, like, I don't know. I, I guess I try to connect with people the way I connect with people in real life too, just to get to know people. And do you find it easier to connect with your audience via Instagram versus Facebook? That's a diff- that's a tough one because I feel like a real Gen Xer Instagram where sometimes I don't understand it. I still don't get how to do some of the things that I'm like, oh God. So I think it so I don't oh. <laughs> a real boomer, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if there's a I, I think it's probably just more the interpersonal connection matters more than what the medium is. So wherever you can make as authentic of a connection as possible is probably the answer to that. But I don't know if I have like one that I think does better. It's just different. And Mark Zuckerberg does not want you to connect with anyone else unless you pay. Thanks, Mark. (laughs) Good old social network. Andy, how do you stay connected to your audience? What do you do? Do you do through Messenger? Do you do it through emails? What works for you? Well, it's it's Facebook and Instagram. That's for sure. But I'm th- I think we have a very modest, I think it's the word. You know, it's not really a lot of people listen to the Blue Hairs. If we look at, like, followers or listeners that pay or plays on on Spotify. It's not really a lot, but I just noticed that I think more people knows us than I think. Because then sometimes there's someone written a message and said, oh, it's so good. And I never heard the name because usually I think I know the most names who listen to our music. But yeah, it's, it's Facebook and Instagram. I try to be a little bit more active Instagram recently. You know, I don't know if you saw, I record myself to play something, uh, which was a big deal for me <laughs> to to do that. But uh, but I just noticed, oh, that, that it makes an impact. People really watched it. Um, if they like it, maybe they follow follow us. But, you know, as we say in the beginning, uh, the most important thing is we both love it, like to make music. If there are thousands or if there are 500, I think we don't care that much. You mentioned that you may not have a lot of followers. We can argue what a lot is, but the followers that you two do have for your work is very impassioned. It, people very... They gravitate towards your work and they admire it and they respect it. And to me, if I were an artist, which I'm not, if I were, that would be all of why I'd be doing this. It's very heartwarming. It is. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to wrap up this conversation with some lighthearted talk about albums that you would recommend to our listener. And this is where the guests get a chance to 
share albums that have had impact on their life or could be a brand new record they just bought at a record store or online, anything they want to offer up. Fair game. So Gretchen, we're going to start with you. Could you please talk about two to three albums that have had an impact on your life? Go yeah. for it. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw out a couple of, cause it's hard to like, it's, it is hard to come up with like the ones that there's just, there's so many, but I want to mention like one that I, some, what happens, I feel like every few years is like, for me, music goes in these weird cycles or shifts or whatever, and then there'll be an artist that'll come out or that I'll get connected to that that like inspires making more music again. I don't know that's the best way to describe that. And so I think that always is a big a big one for that. I mean, it's been it's been a bit, but sometimes I just get re-energized and I think when I heard them I was re-energized again because there was like a pause I feel like the music slowed down and then it was like just exciting again and actually JSOM is another artist like that that like especially in my early LA days when we moved out there that JSOM was one that I just I couldn't get enough of I don't know if you're familiar really really good and and that was inspiring too because she was recording in logic and so that inspired me more to like be more okay with some like producing of my own like as opposed to like always being in the studio because that's like the old school part of me you go into the studio but the JSON that that was all of that garage recording stuff and then you know i was thinking of an album that just never gets old for me and that is slow dives suvlaki like never ever ever get sick of it it's just one that i always return to and probably any mojave three too so i hope that answers it does. And I just need to know, are you more of a vinyl or CD person? Well, now that I have my record player working again, <laughs> this has been going on for years, for years. So the record player, it was like the record pr- player didn't work right. And this is my husband's record player. And so he didn't want to replace it because it's a really good record player. So then we moved to LA, we brought it with us, and then we didn't have our speakers. And then he finally, right before we left, he got it. He finally got it fixed. And then we moved back and it took us six months to get it all set up. So now we have the record player working, the CD player, and the tape player. And we get and we are able to hook up the phone to the whole system as well. So it's the first time in I don't know, 10 years since it's been. all working so i don't know maybe i might be more vinyl again now that we have a working record player but it was hard to be vinyl before that i remember when you posted that image and i think i said in a smart alecky way when's the party (laughs) anytime anytime that is fantastic okay andy we move on to you two to three albums that have had an impact on your life 
or you're currently listening to. Yeah. Well, first, I saw Slow Life last Wednesday. So it was nice. <laughs> Close lobsters. How do you pronounce is it headache? Oh, wait, here. Because I don't know how to pronounce that. Headache. 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 Okay, headache rhetoric. Uh, I was from 1989. Um, I just love this band. They were part of this NME C86 takes. So really great guitar sound. And also a band where I thought a singer don't have, don't need to have a good technique to sing. Because that's definitely not a good singer, but it's just perfect on the record. I really love it. Uh, another band is the Caretaker Race. It's not very a known band. Uh, that's Hangover Square. It's from 1990. It's produced by Stephen Street. You know, uh, he was working with the Smiths, obviously. And here is Andy Strickland who also plays with The Loft. Very beautiful guitar pop. And they play in our hometown. Some friends of mine organized a concert with them. So I saw them there. And there was a special thing, because there's a girl who played bass that time. The boyfriend of her was also with the band. And that was Moose. How to pronounce? I think it's Moose from New Model Army that time so great great lovely band wall of voodoo so quite old <laughs> so 1982 that was one of the first bands i you know i had a friend and he had an older brother he has a little record collection and when he go, goes out of the house we were 12 or 13 and we go in his room and start to listen his records. And there was like the Cure and UK Subs, Associate, uh, Eyeless in Gaza. So very old stuff. And uh, Wall of Voodoo. And obviously it was Mexican radio that was that time the favorite track. Now there are other tracks like Lost Weekend that I really love on this record. So very old, very good. Later, Stan Richway was famous with Camouflage, so he has a big hit. So lovely, lovely stuff. On that Close Lobsters record, if you want the quintessential jingle jangle pop song, track number nine, Skyscrapers, it is, I mean, it's what we've been talking about. It is phenomenal. It could send shivers down your spine. They really did an impressive job kind of owning that craft. Both of you shared some wonderful albums and bands, so thank you so much. All right, we have a few minutes here. Gretchen, what speaks to your heart that most people wouldn't know about for whatever reason? For example, maybe you support an organization that helps run programs for troubled youth in a city. Other than music, what speaks to your heart? What's important to you? I don't have an organization or anything, but I just I just would like people to be nice to each other. Kindness. Kindness is probably the thing. 
Yeah. Andy, what about you? Well, it's definitely the same thing. If if we talk about like communicate with communication with other people, you know, if it's if it's about what speaks to my heart as as a person when I'm alone, it's being in the mountains alone and just walk around just by my own and I just love that. Yes, I remember you sharing some pictures of your travels and some of those breathtaking views. <laughs> okay, so what's next for both of you? It could be the Blue Herons, other side projects. What's coming down the line? Gretchen, we'll start with you. Well, we are working on some more music. We've got we've got a couple songs in the works. And then we I will let Andy announce the exciting piece, but but we are definitely making music. That's a big thing. Andy, what is the big news that's about to drop? Well, we can record a CD. So there will be a small a small run of CDs, I think it's the word. And we can do that on the Subchangle label. And that's very excited. I think we both are very thankful someone is doing that for us. Because it is work, definitely. When you have to do it all by your own, it is really a lot of work. <laughs> of course, I would love to do a vinyl copy. But it's so expensive. And uh, I'm just thankful we have the opportunity and can do that. So there, we definitely will work on one more song for for the record. And then we... Make a collection, as I did with the with the Churchill Garden. I have to rework on on some older tracks, and then and then we we do a CD. It's exciting. When might we see the light of day of this? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think now we go we go fast forward because it took me a while to find a good balance for for this late for the last song it's also an older recording so i'll have to re-record the whole stuff and it, it wasn't that easy but now i think i am on on a, on a good way and when i when i start with the good way then i'm sure i will be quite fast to go forward and finish that so actually i already work on the cover art for for the cd because i have the opportunity to do the cover art for the for the cd which is very lovely and then you punctuate it with a blue herons tour i see it already (laughs) (laughs) this is fantastic news keep us posted abreast on the progression of this and yeah i'm super excited for the two of you Gretchen Duvall, Andy Josie, also known as the Blue Herons, this has been another fabulous conversation with you. And I want to say thank you for your time and your efforts to help get this podcast off the ground and running. i very much appreciative. And Gretchen, I want to go back to what you said just a few minutes ago. All the music that both of you two create, engineer, and produce and share with the world all the jingle jangle, all the pop. It's all wonderful. It's all great. But underneath all this 
it's the kindness that I see in both of you, which is why I'm greatly great admirers of of who you are as people. So keep keep putting the kindness out in the world and it, and it continues to pay off. So thank you both. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. Thank you for tuning in. My name is W, also known as William. You are listening to Surprise Cast with the Blue Herons. Take care, everyone. Keep listening to Jingle Jangle Pop Music. It's good for the soul. Ciao.